Matthew chapter 3, we're going to look at verses 16 and 17, just a couple of verses. All right, let's give our attention to God's word here. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Grass withers and flowers fade away, but the Word of God stands forever. Let's pray before we uh, consider it further. Heavenly Father, these are your words. And so we do pray that you would be here by your Holy Spirit to illuminate them to us. Lord, that you would be in our midst and that you would open our open our eyes and our ears, Lord, to, to be able to see and to hear what you have for us, see something of your grace and mercy in Jesus Christ, and we pray in his name, amen. All right, so before we get started, let me, let me tell you that, let me give full credit uh, for the vast majority of this. Um, what we're going to talk about for this week and next week, at least the next week that I'm with you, um, to Les Newsom, campus minister at Ole Miss, my former campus minister and good friend. Uh, a lot of this comes from a uh, sort of a paper, I guess, that he's written about dating. Because now we're moving into, uh, for the next two weeks, we're going to talk very, very explicitly about dating itself. Um, and so that means that I need to give you a little bit of an explanation slash apology sort of for what we're going to do uh, tonight and next week. Because it's going to be a little different than what sort of we normally do at RUF. Um, which what we normally do at RUF is to open the Bible and read it and then talk about what it says, right? Uh, teach what the scriptures say. And tonight, to talk about dating for a couple of weeks, what we're going to have to do, uh, because the Bible doesn't talk very much about dating, right? And so what we're going to do is basically we're going to have to pull some principles from the scripture and then draw some wisdom out from those, right? Take these two these principles and look at dating in light of them to try to glean some wisdom about dating. So it's going to look a little different. So what that means, I guess in other words, is that what we're going to say tonight and next week is going to fall, most of it is going to fall under the category, I guess you could say, of, of wis, a wisdom issue, right? And not so much under the category of thus saith the Lord. Does that make sense? Uh, so, what that also means is that feel free to disagree with me about this. I'm going to give you really what in many ways I think is, is based in Scripture, is scriptural wisdom, but an opinion about dating. So, if you want to disagree with it and talk about it, interact with me afterwards, that would be great. Um, I'm not cagey enough to do that on the fly. So, But I think that the, the issue... Is so important. If we're going to talk, spend a semester talking about relationships, then we obviously need to talk very um, uh, explicitly about dating itself. So this is going to be a two-week study, and we're not. So we're not going to be able to finish tonight. Obviously, it's a two-parter. So look, I'm going to I'm going to tell you now. You're probably, almost certainly, going to leave with more questions than answers. Probably be a little confused. Uh, maybe a little mad. I don't know. So that also means that up front, I want to say this. So I'm very clear. I am for dating. I am pro-dating. Okay? I have dated. 
in the past. That's how I got married, and I think that's how we get married. But along the way, you might think that I'm not. But I am for dating, okay? So buckle up. Um, I'm not trying to get rid of it. I just want us to think about what it is. I want us to reflect a little bit about what dating is, what it's not, what it should be. All right, so a couple things we're going to look at tonight. Uh, The first you see there on your outline. I want to draw two main principles from this passage, this brief passage that we read. Two main principles. The first one is this, that God exists in perfect relationship with himself in a trinity. Right? We've talked about this before, actually. That God exists as one God, and yet in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, And in and of himself, he has always experienced perfect relationship. He's in relationship with himself. And since we as human beings are built in his image, then the desire for us to be relational creatures is built into who we are. That by the mere fact that you and I are human beings... Fundamental to that, sort of written into our DNA, I guess you could say, at least our spiritual DNA, is going to be the desire to, re- to relate to other people. We're going to want to enter into relationships and make meaningful connections and make bonds with other people. It's part of who we are. Second principle is this. That in this Trinitarian relationship, right, in in the Godhead, in his relationship, we see very clear, uh, those relationships are very clearly defined, right? You have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and they each have a defined and distinct relationship to one another. Theologians say it like this, that the Father is the eternally begetting one. He's eternally begetting the Son. And Jesus, as the Son, is the eternally begotten one of the Father. And the Holy Spirit eternally proceeds from both the Father and the Son. Okay? There's not going to be a quiz on that later, but all I want you to see is that in this relationship, in which you and I are built in that same image, there is very clear definition of those relationships, of how they relate to one another. Okay? Hang on that. How in the world does that relate? How does it have anything to do with dating? Okay, well, here we go. Putting those two principles together, I want to suggest to you tonight that, that at least one thing that we can derive from that is that all of our relationships, of, of whatever kind they are, but particularly, particularly our, our dating relationships, Beg to have definition to them. That the, just the way that we're built, we long to know the definition of all our relationships. And by that, I mean we, we want to know the boundaries of the relationship. Um, how is it functionally going to look for me to relate to you? Uh, what, are, what are the appropriate actions? Um, what's the nature of the relationship, Right? And so for most relationships that we have, that is pretty easy. It's pretty straightforward, right? Like, uh, take the parent and child relationship. We just sort of intuitively know, like, how that relationship works. We know what is appropriate action for a parent, 
Uh, we know what role the parent plays in that relationship. Right? They're the one that provides for the child. They love it. They teach it. They take care of it. Right? We know what the, the role of the child is. Um, you know, we've all probably had some lesson along the way where you say something disrespectful to your parents when you're young and uh, you know, one of your parents says, you will not talk to your mother that way. Right? Um, because uh, and they're teaching us that that action is out of accord. It doesn't fit the definition for, what, uh, for the relationship that we have. Right? Um, I remember my dad teaching me that, you know, as a, I don't know, 12-year-old or something, that you're not supposed to call your dad dude. Right? It's just, it just doesn't fit. It's not, uh, it's not inside the, uh, the boundaries of our de- the definition of our relationship. And so, like I said, most relationships that we have in, in this life are pretty straightforward. We come by them pretty intuitively, right? Husband, wife, teacher, student, uh, coach to player, friend, you know, friend to friend, classmate. We know how those work. But I want you to hang on to this. This is one of the main things I want to say, that dating is different. Dating, the definition is not as easy to come by. Or I could say it like this. We think, we assume we know what it means, right? When you hear somebody's dating, you say, oh, I'm dating them. We have this world of assumption that, that comes into play, right? These sort of presuppositions, things that we assume to be true. And I want to suggest to you that, that they may not be right. So we think we know what it is, but maybe we don't. And even what we do think we know, we never talk about, right? I mean, I think the very fact that we're having this discussion right now, or as has been brought up this semester, this is not so much a discussion as it is a lecture, but um, if you were there the first week. Um, I totally train wrecked my uh, thought pattern there. Um, that you've probably never even thought about it before. I mean, you sort of, sort of instinctively think you know what dating is, but do we really? Um, so we also know when and how these other relationships begin, right? I mean, it's very clear, it's a very definite moment in time when someone becomes a parent or a child, right? You know how it gets that way. Um, you know how someone becomes husband and wife. You know when it happens, very clear. But again, dating is much more ambiguous, right? The, uh, the when and how of a dating relationship is, is definitely up in the air. It's not as clear cut. And so what I want to do tonight, spend the rest of our few minutes... Uh, looking at how dating relationships typically start, sort of the process that they take. Um, and the reason I want to do this is because I think, if, if you track with me, that as we sort of walk through these few steps, that what we're going to uncover, what I want to uncover are the assumptions that we have that we don't even really know that we have about dating. Does that make any sense? If it doesn't, too bad. All right, so uh, how it, what do we call it, how it starts with the, the, uh, the dating ritual, right? All right, so step one, step one, some sort of interest is expressed. This is a very simple step, right? One person takes some sort of interest in another person for whatever reason, right? Um, and that interest is expressed to that other person somehow. Typically, we use some sort of, you know, junior high tactics, like... You kind of mention to one of your friends that they wouldn't mind sort of kind of mentioning to one of their, you know, the other person's friends. So that they might mention to them something about you might, you might think that they're, you know, kind of a neat person. Um, 
and uh, you know that you think they're kind of fun, or they, they seem like a great person, or she, you know she seems cute, which is generally followed by some sort of like overanalyzation, right? Of wait, wait, did he did he say that I did he say that I seem cute? Like I seem cute, like I'm cute overall as a person, uh, and so like I have a cute personality, like. I'm uglier than sin? Is that, or did he say, I think she's cute? Did you say, seems cute or cute, right? I had that funnier in my head. <laughs> Sorry. All right, step number two. Interest is formalized, this interest that we have going here, right, is formalized by some sort of a date. It's either an actual date, probably not, we'll talk about it in a second. <laughs> or some sort of general group activity where you just sort of strategically end up in the same place and get to spend some time together, right? And so now I get to take a little brief rant about, about dates and the fact that it seems like to, in today's culture, right, that doesn't happen very much. Like, it just doesn't appear that you really go on dates. And it seems like that, I think the main reason that people don't go on dates early on is because now it's such a... It, it's such a big deal to go on a date, right? You don't want the whole, uh, you go on one date and the buzz immediately starts and you just don't want to deal with it, right? Um, it all, it, you feel like the ball has already gotten started rolling on this enormous and weighty process that you just don't want to deal with, right? Because the next step, you go on one date and then the next step is dating, right? You're dating, and that sort of echoes like dating, dating, dating. <laughs> and you, which is hard to type, by the way. <laughs> and you just don't want you just don't want to deal with it um, and I think that we've invested way more into the idea of a date than we need to and the reason why I think that we've invested way more into the idea of a date is because we've we've invested way too much into the idea of dating itself but we're coming to that um, so let me I want to give you an illustration along these lines really quick I had a friend in seminary who uh got interested in this, uh, there's a new girl, new student seminary came, and they ended up hanging out somewhere for the first time, and, and they had a great time talking. And so he said, I, I think I'm going to ask her out. That's great. And he uh, comes over to the house, and he's just crushed, because he asked her out, and, you know, just to go get lunch or something. And she said, no, I appreciate you asking me. And by her own admission enjoyed hanging out with him. You know, I did have a great time hanging out with you. But I just came out of a really serious relationship. Uh, she was engaged. And I, I'm just not looking to get into anything. And she, you know, so she said no. And I said, he's like, what should I do? I said, let me give you a piece of advice if you don't mind. I think you should go talk to her. And carefully say, hey, I think you misunderstood what I was asking you the other day and and if not you know it's cool I will totally leave you alone I'm not going to you know be a creeper but I was just asking you for lunch if you wanted to go have lunch I wasn't asking uh, I, wasn't, I wasn't asking you to try on the idea of me being your boyfriend you know sort of try that on for a little bit I, I wasn't asking anything more than for you and I to go spend an hour together and so I think, you know, it, I think it's as straightforward as if you want to spend an hour with me, say yes. If you don't, say no, right? I think we made it such a big deal, and then it, it, it shouldn't be. Step three, 
this interest is nurtured, right? So we've been on some sort of date, and now the interest get, gets nurtured. Uh, more time is spent together. You're actually going on dates now at this point. Um, other people are now definitely talking about, you know, what's going on. Um, and interestingly enough, they describe what's going on as talking, even though it's actually everyone else doing the talking but you. Um, so uh, the buzz starts. Step four, and here's where we get to the, to the good stuff. Step four, the relationship becomes, that's probably a bad word, but institutionalized. Or we can say it this way. It becomes official. <laughs> Institutionalized sounds really smart and seminarian, but it becomes official, right? And the reason, the, the way that that generally evolves is there, the buzz has just bothered you enough. Like people are talking and they keep saying, what's the deal with y'all? You know, what's going on? What's the deal? And you're tired of hearing the questions and you're really kind of tired of worrying about it yourself. And so eventually one of you, out of frustration, uh, asks the other one, so what, you know, what, what's going on? What's, what's the deal? between us what's going on and here's one of the main points that we're driving at that I want you to see right that every that our relationships need definition every relationship even our you know our our dating relationships or our budding dating relationships long to have clear definition we all want to know what's going on right what 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 is this this that we're doing. And so we have the talk or the DTR or whatever you want to call it. Familiar with the DTR? And here's how, here's how it typically goes. Here's how the talk typically goes. It goes something like, I guess maybe generally the guy saying something like, uh, I've had a good time <laughs> hanging out. Thank you. You're laughing already because you know how lame it is and how awkward it is. I had a lot of fun hanging out with you, and I don't, re- I don't really want to hang out with anybody else. <laughs> and I think, because, yeah, I think you're awesome. And then, the, you know, the girl says something like, oh, well, thanks, I'm not awesome. But, yeah, me too. I was, I've been thinking the same thing. And the guy says, so, yeah. (laughs) Awesome. So, yeah, I guess, all right. And you're dating, right? (laughs) Boom. There it is. You're dating, right? That's not that far from the truth. I think that's exactly how it goes. All right. After that said, right, okay, so I guess, hey, we're dating. Be honest. What's the very next thing that happens? Just, Just somebody say it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Literally the next thing that happens. Come on. You kiss. Thank you. Okay. Hang on to that. <laughs> right. And so now your relationship has become official, right? And that actually had that in my notes, right? You have to change your Facebook status, right? But, you know, so and so's in a relationship. Um, because you've had the talk. But what I want you to notice is that you've had the talk, but probably, and granted, your talk might have been a little longer than that one, the substance of what you talked about was probably almost nothing. Right? Is that a stretch? I bet it's not. So here's the big question that I want to ask you. Here's a million-dollar question about this relationship, where we are now, right? We've defined it. 
what's different now? What's changed about your relationship? What's, uh, rhetorical, you don't have to answer. What, what's now true about you that wasn't true, say, you know, that morning before you had the conversation? I think typically the answer would be something like, well, at least the first cut would be, well, but now we're dating, right? It's okay, yeah, I heard that part. So, and then, uh, you know, you sort of dig a little deeper, and the answer would be something like, well, we're only going to date each other, right? That's what we decided. We're dating now, so that means we're only going to date each other. But that's not actually different either, right? Because you've probably just been spending time, you've probably just been dating that person anyway, right? So what's different about the relationship now? And the difference is, if I ask you this, well, so if you wanted to go out with somebody different, what about that? So I guess we'd have to break up, right? If you decide you want to go out with somebody else other than the person you're dating, you would have to break up, right? And so I, I want to suggest to you that what's different about your relationship is that now what was voluntary the day before, right, the fact that you want to go out with them, is now a rule. That what was voluntary has now become required. And, and really, in addition to that rule, there's really a whole host of other rules that get brought into the relationship and put on it. Right? That really don't get talked about necessarily until somebody breaks one. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, and we do that, and we, and we call it commitment. Right? We say, well, we're in a committed relationship. We're serious now. Um, and I just want you to chew on this question for a minute, or for a little bit. And this, it's actually not rhetorical. What's the point of all the rules? Even, okay, freak out, even the rule about you can't go out with somebody else. What's the point of those rules? I don't mean like, what's the point? I mean, literally, think about it, and we'll be answering that over this week and next. Why the rules? What's the point? Remember, I'm for dating. <laughs> Step five. Gonna move quicker. After we've defined the relationship, there's some sort of honeymoon period, right? Honeymoons in quotes. Now, you know, this is when uh, the couple starts, you start to spend a lot of time together, right? Pretty much exclusively uh, time with just this person. Um, you sort of forsake your other friends, uh, which really in many ways is another one of the rules or sort of presuppositions to dating that that's what you do when you date, Right? You spend the vast amount of your free time with that person and not, uh, not your other friends. Right? Even though your friends assume that that's going to happen. Um, but it actually never gets questioned. That assumption never gets questioned. Why is that the case? Why, Why does that necessarily happen? Um, all right, also, this is, the time, this is the time in which some sort of sexual contact begins. Right, uh, spanning the whole spectrum, what, you know, whatever it is, from, from holding hands, putting your arm around each other, whatever, all the way to you know, full sexual contact. It starts, as, as we noted, really as soon as you decide you're dating. Okay? And now remember, wh- wherever you've decided to land on that spectrum right, of what, what you think is appropriate... That question's up in the air, right? People decide different, you know, couples have to make decisions on their own about that sort of stuff. But I think it's interesting that no one even questions 
the fact that it does start. If it hasn't started already, it definitely starts when you start dating, right? I mean, that assumption is, is I mean, that, it's just that. It's an assumption. It's a given, right? It's never questioned. And maybe it should be. Again, I just want you to think about it long enough just to ask the why questions. All right, step six. Just about done. Step six. It's not really a step, I guess, but uh, conflict. Right? The, the couple has their first conflict. Um, and conflict generally almost always enters when somebody, when one of the, the uh, parties in the relationship breaks one of these rules. When one of the parties breaks one of these unwritten and certainly un- unspoken rules, we have conflict. In fact, generally you only find out about what the rules are as you go along and somebody breaks one, right? And people get mad. Um, all right, so as an illustration, we'll use, we'll use a scenario from earlier in the semester, uh, if you recall. Um, I said, all right, so you know, imagine you're, you and your boyfriend or girlfriend, uh, you go to a party and you seemingly have, you know, a fine time. Things seem to be okay when you got to the party. And then you get back in the car, and things are clearly not okay. And so we'll sort of pick on the guys, right? The guy's mad about something, kind of giving the cold shoulder routine, you know, and doing the, you know, what's wrong, nothing. Um, but clearly wants the girl to ask him about it. Wants his girlfriend to ask. So she asks what's wrong, and he finally says, you know, that it just bothered him how she ran around and pretty much talked to every guy at the party just as much as she talked to him. That he didn't feel any different than anybody else. Um, and it just doesn't seem, that doesn't seem to make sense because, I mean, after all, you're dating me. So why are you running around, you know, talking to everybody else? Um, all right, so we could pick hundreds of different scenarios, and we're going to talk about more next time. But I want you to see that so often... Maybe even all the time. What's at the heart of, of our conflict in dating relationships is really nothing more than our own insecurities being projected onto the relationship. And really, I think I could say this, that the existence of our rules that we have in dating, that the reason those exist are really just manifestations of our insecurities put onto our dating relationships. Because, for instance, in that scenario, this guy has no right to be upset at this girl. Okay? You might disagree with that, but I think you're wrong. This guy has no right to be upset that his girlfriend wanted to talk to other guys. All right, but he is upset... So why is he upset? He's upset because he's insecure. He doesn't know who he is. uh, And he's wrapped a lot of, at least some aspect of his identity up in this relationship. And so when that comes under attack, the insecurity rises to the surface, right? And, And the rule's been broken and so somebody gets punished. Is that not true? Um, and I think that's exactly why we come, that's why we come into dating with all these rules and assumptions is because we want dating to be safe, right? We want, 
we want to wrap ourselves up in it. And we want it to be safe, and, and it just isn't. It's just not safe. Uh, there, there is no commitment, so to speak, in dating. Um, all right, step seven, we need, to, we need to finish up. All right, so the, I have resolution. Um, conflict, ultimately the relationship, is going to end in one of two ways. Um, you're going to talk it over and come to some sort of agreement and work it out. And things will go on okay. Though probably most of the working out never entails like dealing with the actual insecurities and, and false assumptions that are going on, but we'll talk about that later. Um, or, so it's either going to work out, or you're going to get fed up with this whole deal and eventually break up, right? And I think that there are, generally speaking, three kinds of breakups. So we're going to fly through these. First, you have the ugly breakup. The ugly breakup is when you have one party that's... that's you know, uh, obscenely insecure, and when the relationship com- comes unraveled, so do they. Because they have so bound their identity up, uh, their own uh, security and who they are as a person in this relationship, that as it comes unraveled, they, they don't know what to do. Because they don't know who they, who they are anymore. Um, this is when you get the endless phone calls, you know, tons of text messages, uh, showing up in weird places, <laughs> stalking them, and stuff like that. Saying things like, you just don't understand how much I care about you. Um, You would never break up with me if you knew how much I loved you. Um, The second kind, you have the recurring breakup. Uh, With a lot of relationships, or with some relationships, generally ones that haven't gotten too messy, you see people break up, and then after some time, they end up in the same place together, right, and just hanging out at somebody's house, and uh, they have a good time, and enjoy one another, and they, they actually begin to see sort of what they originally, you know, found attractive in that person before it, you know, uh, they got off fighting and all that, and, and they end up getting back together. And then they get back together, and the same thing kind of happens again, and they break up, right? And I want to suggest to you that the reason that happens a lot of times is because when they break up and then they get back just in, the, in contact with one another, they interact with each other, and the rules are gone, right? There are no more expectations. There are no more rules. Or, you know, they don't think they have any right to enforce their rules on this person because they're broken up. And they actually just have a good time together. And they get back together and the rules come back. And then you get the point. Lastly, you have the good breakup. Every once in a while you see a couple break up and, of course, they're able to be cordial to one another. And, uh, you know, they're not devastated by the loss of the relationship. Um, certainly they're disappointed, um, but not devastated by it. And so let me, I just want to end with this. The question is for us tonight, how do you do that? How, how does it end well? Either end well by staying together or end well with you know, having a good breakup. How does it end well? And I think the answer, I think we see the answer, at least in principle, in our passage and it's this, the, the only way for us to date and, and or break up well is to actually and truly know who you are. To be secure in your own identity, in your own, uh, to be secure in your own uh, self and not find, it, not find your identity bound up in your relationship. 
but to know who you are. And I think the only way to truly do that is to find your identity in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Right? Because we want to put our identity in in anything. Oftentimes something very insecure like dating. The only way to truly find our identity in something secure is to find it in the gospel. And that's the... That's the good news that Jesus has offered, offered to live and to die in our place so that we can know the definition of our relationship with God. Right? We long for definition even in, in that area as well. And the gospel comes along and tells us that because of what Jesus has done for us, you can know who you are, you can know how you stand with God, and it's this, what, he, what, what, he says in the, what, what God says of his own son. He says of us, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. That's the gospel. And that's the only way, it's the only way that we're going to find enough uh, self, find our identity, right, and know who we are enough to be able to date well at all. So we'll finish that up next week and hopefully answer some of the questions that we have. Um, Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we have talked about a lot tonight. And we pray that, Lord, that what is not biblically wise will not, will not be remembered. Lord, but we do pray for wisdom. You tell us in your word that we, that we don't have wisdom because we don't ask for it. And so we ask, Lord, that you would make us wise about uh, even our dating lives. And that your word would guide us in principle so that we, might, uh, that we might date well. But even more importantly, Lord, that, that your word would guide us to you and would give us definition. It would give us what we're looking for, which is some sort of significance, that we might actually know that you look at us as your children and you say, this is my beloved son or daughter in whom I am well pleased. Lord Jesus, would you make it so? We pray in your name. Amen.